Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to my good nanny radio. MGN Radio. The best show on Blog Talk Radio for family information and entertainment. Thanks for tuning in. Broadcasting live from Georgia, welcome to our show. For those of you who might just be joining, listening for the first time, NPM Radio is family entertainment and information. We spread positive news and information. We feature moms, dads, women, and men, and try and share parenting advice on a weekly basis. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you, everybody, who listened to the show last week. It was amazing. We had the CEO and founder of Thank God I'm Natural on. And for those of you who have not heard the show, um, we had 3,100 people listen in, and we were really, really so grateful. Um, Just go to MGM Radio, go to our Facebook page, My Good Nanny, and you can just click the link and listen to that show. Um, As we speak, in a couple of days, her products are going to be in 250 targets, so we really wish her good luck. Um, So that was a good show. So I hope everybody has had a great, great week. We are excited about the show tonight that we have Dorchelle T. Spence, the author of No Less Worthy, and I love that title already, and I'm really, really super excited to talk to chat with her. Well, I hope everybody has had just a wonderful week. Can you believe in a couple of days it's going to be March 1st? Where did the year go? So much has happened. Um, You know, this week was a very, um, I would say, interesting week for me. Um, A lot happened. um, But, you know, I want to not really focus on what happened to me this week um, because it's it's very interesting. But um, just to really say that... um, Every action that takes place in your life, you have different choices to make. You can let it define you. You can let it, um, you know, make you react a certain way. Or you can really let it be a teaching experience 
and help you to grow better. And uh, without getting into the details of my situation, just know that it was a real teaching experience, and it's. I think it's going to really help me to improve, so I'm grateful for that. So as we do our NGN show, um, I want to make sure I introduce our guest because I know she's on the line. And thank you for everybody who's listening in on the Internet as well as on the phone lines. I see you. Thank you so much for joining MGN Radio. Um, before I forget, please, please, please do not forget about Dare to Aspire, our fifth conference in Atlanta. We are working behind the scenes a lot on this conference because it's our fifth conference. A lot of people are RSVPing on our um, Facebook page. Um, check out the website, d2aspire.com. It's going to be updated. Um, our staff has been doing just a lot of homework, and just we're trying to make it better and just, you know, really, really get some amazing speakers because our theme is getting to strong. And when you own a business, what you want to do is you want to be strong. So um, it's going to be interesting. Um, so June 12th and 13th, stay glued to the Facebook, stay glued to our Instagram. We're going to make some announcements of some of our keynote speakers, some of our vendors, some of our sponsors, and it is going to be amazing. Um, so make sure you head down to the ATL and check that out. Today's show, we always want to thank our sponsors, and we thank you so much for our um, sponsoring MGM Radio. Without you, this would not happen. So we want to thank Hair Yum, which is a vegan hair care um, company that is really amazing. Their products are great. They smell great. They are good for your hair. They help the hair grow. Check it out, hairyum.com. Follow them Follow them on Instagram, hairyum.com, as well as Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, <laughs> you name it. They really have some amazing products um, that will help your hair. So without further ado, let me chat about Dorchelle. So she's an author, a public speaker, a strategy communications professional, she uses her life experiences and the wisdom gained from surviving both trauma and drama to help teens and adults see, understand, and overcome obstacles in their own lives. Great, great, great. Um, dysfunction does not care if your family is intact or not. Whether the social and cultural conflicts in your life result from the realities of living in or growing up in a single-parent household a strict household, a loose household, or no household at all, um, you know, maybe you're dealing with questions on racial identity, finding your place, low self-esteem, um, which is a lot. A lot of girls deal with low self-esteem, self-empowerment, but Dorchelle Spence is going to address all of these and talk about the power of self-forgiveness, the power of choice, and her novel, No Less Worthy, it basically is going to help us, um, no matter our circumstance, to come out whole on the other side. So I think this is a very timely um, conversation. So I'm excited to chat with her. So let me conference her in um, right now. Hi, Dorchelle. Hello, Dorchelle. Am I conferencing? 901? Dorchelle, is that you? Hello? Uh, 
Um, okay, let's see if it works this time. Fun of live radio, right? Um, and if, uh, Shell, if you can hear me, we're trying to conference you in. So. Sure. I'm here. Hello. Oh, good hi, evening, Michelle. Good evening. Sorry, live radio. <laughs> I know it's fun. Take every day as it comes. Amen. Amen. Well. Welcome to MGM Radio, so I'm super excited to have you. So, Dorshell, let's get right to it, right? So tell us about um, No Less Worthy, your book, like how it came about. Well, you know, No Less Worthy came out of exactly how you opened your show. Life happens, and the moments that, that we face all have, um, you know, potency in them. And in those moments and in those days and as we live our lives, we're going to be faced with various challenges. And they don't start when we're adults. They start when we're young, when we're teenagers, and we have to try to figure out how we're going to navigate the world. And so that's basically what No Less Worthy is about. It's about life, and it's about uh, navigating life and and figuring out how to fit in uh, with mean girls, with house rules, with boys, and, you know, and layered on top of that is the circumstance you're born into, whether that's single-parent households or, you know, as you talked about in the opening, whatever kind of household you have, whether you had a strict mom or dad or whether you, you know, had no rules and could do whatever you wanted to do or whether, you know, you you didn't really have a house and you live with family and you live with folks that you didn't know that well. Whatever the case may be, you know, those things uh, layered on top of the uh, typical things that teens have to deal with, and, and it's a struggle. Yeah, yeah, no, it is a struggle. So now the no, how did you come up with the title, No Less Worthy? Well, I think in my life in particular, and, and probably for many people, you you reach these moments when you feel like, I just don't fit in, I'm just not good enough, uh, what do I have to offer, you're nervous, you, you just feel out of sorts, and like you don't really have anything to offer and you're not, you know, I heard a lot growing up, you're never going to be anything, you know, you, you know, you're no good, you didn't come from any good, you know, what's going to come of you? And, and and I felt oftentimes that I just wasn't good enough, didn't measure up. And so what I learned over time and through a lot of different, as you said, drama and traumas that happened in my life is that, you know what, I am worthy. We're all worthy. We were born. It's innate. We're born worthy, and so the I, I, in the title I tried to get across that um, the main character, like all of us, are no less worthy. Wow, I love it. We're going to dig into your past and really the, that sets the foundation for the book. And you kind of touched on it, but talk about your childhood, like your wife and your mom. Now you you have a daughter, and as well your stepmom, but. Talk about your childhood, um, growing up, you know, how you grew up. Um, maybe share that because that will lead into your book and your character in the book. Sure. I mean, it's it's a little bit hard to talk about how I grew up um, on the radio with all these listeners doing all my business. But the truth of the matter is we all have a story. Mine happens to uh, have started when I was very young, when I was uh, just 
you know, less than a year old, my mother was hospitalized, and I ended up living with an aunt, and I stayed with this aunt for a couple of years, and then I ended up getting back with my mom, and at that point we lived with my grandmother. And it was a while before we had uh, an apartment of our own. I didn't uh, grow up with a father in the house. It was... um you know, so my mom was still trying to find herself and find her way in life. And then we had, uh, I had a sibling, my sister came along, and I ended up having to be sort of a mom at a young age to my little sister. And, um, you know, our circumstances were just a little bit transient. Um, it was a little bit challenging. And then as a teenager, you start to see that other people had dads, and they talked about family outings, and they talked about things that I just wasn't very familiar with. So I felt really out of sorts and like I didn't quite fit in anywhere I went. Um, so it was it was a little bit hard uh, to deal with. And yeah. I, so I just okay. felt like, yeah, I'm sorry, I took a moment there. But, you know, I just felt like um, things things might not work out for me, and, and I could easily have gone in a different direction and sort of hung out with with the folks in the neighborhood and, and sort of had some people in my life trying to steer me and guide me and show me a different way, and fortunately I was able to follow that path uh, instead. Wow, no, that is powerful. Now, when you say, because I've heard that a lot, when you say that you had to be a mom at a young age, what age was your younger sister? What's the age difference between your younger sister and you? Like, when, well, how sister, old were you when she was born? Yeah, uh, my sister is six years younger than me, and, um, you know, she's a very special woman in her own right, but uh, she's, she's six years younger than me, and I just, you know, started uh, helping to take care of her, you know, almost right away, except that one time when I pushed her out of the two-story window, but she was okay. She landed in the bushes. It was really fine. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, well, oh, you know, she she was a little hard to deal with. Wow, we wow, were, okay. We were really playing around, and uh, it yeah, just kind of no. happened. Yeah. Now, how old was your mom? Because just to, was she a teenage mom? Was she a twenty-five-year-old mom? Because when you say your mom was trying to find her life, you know, and I've heard that a lot too on radio shows as well. You know, was she a, a young mom? Yeah, my mom actually had me when she was nineteen, and uh, like I said, then she was hospitalized for a couple of years right after that, and so. That was a challenge for her to sort of come to terms with how she got where she was. My mom lost her mother when she was 10 and lived with her grandmother um, in in her youth and ended up uh, dropping out of high school and sort of getting with the wrong crowd. And so she was trying to put her own life back together. And to her credit, you know, we never lived in – um, really terrible places. We lived with other folks. Um, so she really did the best she could to put us in the best place we could be. But it was a challenge. Of course, of course. We're live with Darshel T. Spence, author of No Less Worthy, and we're just talking about, you know, her childhood and how this really kind of led to this great book. Now, um, so your mom was 19, which nowadays is, you know, I mean, she's over 18, but she's still a young mom, right? Um, That's she's right. hospitalized. 
Now, how was your aunt? Did your aunt treat you nicely? And, and you know, like you said, it's difficult to talk about, right? Um, you know, but did she did she treat you nicely when you were living with her, or was there tension? Well, you know, there's always tension when you live with someone else, when you're in another household, when um, there are other children uh, a part of it. So, you know, those are the regular struggles that people go with when they uh, deal with when they go through a blended situation. So, you know, it was wonderful that she she was able to take me in, um, but it presented its own set of challenges. And, you know, it's just how you get through those that are important. Of course, of course, and make it to the other side. And speaking of living with people, I'll never forget me, like, when I was, like, a teenager, and my dad, like, in the village, you had, like, different houses, and I would stay at my um, family's uncle's house, and I'm I'm like you, I'm trying to tell the story, but I'll say at my uncle's house, like, all night and come home, and my dad will always say, oh, go ahead and stay longer so you end up washing the dishes. And I was like, oh, what? wow. And basically what he was trying to say, like, he spoke in Proverbs, you know, but anyway, mm-hmm. basically what he was trying to say is when you stay at somebody's house so long, you end up washing the dishes for them. Do you understand? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. So anyway, that stuck with me, and I never like staying at people's houses for too long. But anyway, right. but yeah, but yeah, no. So um, now you grew up, you know, like you said, it, it was kind of you know a poor, poor upbringing, um, in terms of money. But now, now, did your mom have um like boyfriends around you? How was like your teenage years? Well, you know, um, actually, by the time I was a teen, uh, life was much more stable in terms of in, inside the home and who she, who my mom dated. My uh, my mom and my stepfather were together for a very long time, and that's my sister's father. And the the only father I ever knew was my sister's father. So, you know, he was in the, he was um, in in the house and present in our lives. So my teenage years were less tumultuous in that way. Um, they were tumultuous in other ways. That was, you know, dealing with the responsibility of the household while my mother uh, took care of, of other people's children because my mother earned her living taking care of other people's children in our home. So when I got home, I had to uh, be a part of that, that process. That was her her home business, you know, back before there were other ways to work out of the home. Uh, my mother kept children, and that's how we ate. And so the, the, we would sometimes have 20, 30 children in our in our home. And so that became part of my responsibility. And so that was tedious, and it meant that I had to come straight home from school and I had this to do rather than uh, extracurricular Mm. activities. So those kinds of things. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And you know what? As a child, um, and as a child, you're having to come, and then, you know, and and you know, for those who might not know, but I own a nanny agency, so okay. I can definitely relate to your mom, you know, having the 30 kids, trying to pay her bills, and you as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old coming home and, you know, you got to do this, you got to help with the bill, you got to take change diaper and all that stuff, and it's tough, it's tough. And it really makes you, um, I think when you become a mom after going, I have a lot of list callers who when they had to be a mom at a young age, not like physically, but just really help take care of the family, their P 
their views of motherhood was different when they had their own because they felt like, oh, I've done this, you know, I'm tired. And they usually um, just had a different approach to mothering. So, wow. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish my mom was listening, actually. I don't know if she is because (laughs) my mom at a young age, and she, she wouldn't mind, but at a young age she had to take care of a lot of her siblings and um so it, it grows you up and it makes you very wise, but it's also a lot on a child. It's a whole lot on a child. Right. Wow. So now you made it through. Now let's talk about the book. So talk about the character in the book. Um, tell us about the character and what she does. Well, the main character is Kathy, and Kathy is a mixed-race um, young girl who doesn't know who her father is. And I think in some ways um, her character, in a lot of ways, her character is based on me and some of the things that I experienced. I mean, a big part of the the story is coming home and having to take care of the children uh, in the book. Uh, and so that's that's a huge, you know, part of, of what the main character has to go through, and that's definitely related to me. Um, in addition, you know, as I said, she's a, a mixed race, but but she doesn't know who her father is, and so she doesn't know what her real heritage is. And when she tries to broach that with her mother, she doesn't get a satisfactory answer, and so it's challenging for her to try to figure out um, what where she fits into the broader society. And of course, she's teased about it at school, and so she's dealing with with those things. She's also dealing with. Um, these in the in the book these boyfriends and 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 how um they're dating the mom but she feels there's some sexual tension there um that she doesn't feel necessarily safe in those relationships um and then uh trying to you know navigate uh all of those situations and then of course she meets a boy and the boy uh makes her feel special and um, so it's how um, how she reacts to that, and that takes the book in a whole different direction. And so she's in school, and she's trying to get through, and she's got this great talent that she's starting to figure out that she has, which is writing. And that's, again, another parallel with me. I found that writing was a great um, way to um, understand my own feelings about things. And so this character has that trait as well. And so there are some parallels, but then there are great differences uh, from between the character and my own life. Um, so it, and those things are based on people and friends that I had, people that I knew, uh, and the work that I did with Girls Incorporated here in Memphis, um, where I heard some of the stories of girls and what they were dealing with. And so all of that's kind of woven into the book. Wow, amazing, amazing. And do you find that, um, you know, your character, Kathy, you said, you know, she's mixed race. Was there a a specific reason um, that you wanted her to be a mixed race girl instead of just like, you know, African American or Hispanic? Yeah, I mean, because I think, one, um, being a mix of those things brings a set of challenges that's unique to that uh, circumstance in that situation. In other words, you know, I identify myself as black on every, you know, application, on everything that that I um, interact with. My mother's black. My sister's black. I'm black, and there's no question about it. 
in my mind. But when people look at me, they say, no, you're something else. And I'm like, no, I'm not something else. And so this character, you know, uh, has that same thing, and I, I wanted to express that. And it's not so much, you know, I hear a lot, and a lot is written about, you know, uh, light-skinned black women versus darker-skinned black women. This is something totally different. This is um, a situation where you're not necessarily accepted as as being black in the black community and you're not necessarily being accepted as being Hispanic in the Hispanic community or white in the white community. You're just kind of floating out there, and there's, there's a lot of, of, of um, you know, discomfort around uh, self-identity you don't know and especially this character not knowing the father so she doesn't know what she's mixed with so she doesn't know you know what other culture to embrace yeah now did you did you do you know your father i know you my, no i don't know my father i do not know my father so, so you net so like and so that's kind of some similarities and we'll talk about some differences with your character. But um your mom like did you ever say, you know, Mom, who's my dad? I wanna meet my dad or it wasn't that simple. Oh, life is never that simple. You know that. Um uh, <laughs> just from your own day. You know, life is not simple, it's very complex and the decisions that our parents make, we may never understand what they are or why they make them, but they um, had reason at that time, and we have to respect that. And it took me a long time to come to terms with it and to understand it, but as a parent now, uh, I do. I both understand it and respect it, but it's not easy. It's still not easy because the questions don't go away. What happens, though, is over time you find that the questions no longer matter because it doesn't matter uh, who this person is that um, helped give me life. What matters is what I do with that life, and that's what I'm trying to get across in the book and in my speaking is that the circumstances that you're born in you can't control, and you may never fully understand them, but the life that you've been given is a gift, and that gift you can use the way you want to use it. Wow, that is powerful, Darshel. That is real powerful. we got to pay some bills, but we're going to be back because I want to chat about more about the character and the book, No Less Worthy. We'll be back in a few minutes. I just discovered a fabulous website. If you're looking for products and articles to support and encourage a clean, organic, and holistic lifestyle, this site sources the best quality organic and eco-friendly products for baby, family, and even your pets. Learn how to grow your own vertical organic garden, purchase a rechargeable handbag, buy organic skincare, cosmetics, and so much more. Do you and your family a favor and go to organicfriendswithaz.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-C-F-R-I-E-N-D-Z.com.
We are back um, on MGM Radio. Thank you for tuning in. We are chatting with Dorchelle T. Spence, the author of No Less Worthy. And I always tell people when they listen to MGM Radio, grab a pen and a piece of paper because you learn a lot. And she talked about just her childhood, having to take care of her sibling at an early age and, you know, the difference it made in her life and the character Kathy in her book. So let's continue to talk about Kathy. Like, does she ever, ever in the book, um, you know, find out who her dad is or she just, like, moves moves on and says, you know what, um, I don't know who my dad is and I'm just going to move on? Kathy um, is, is, is creative in that she understood that um, she didn't know who he was, but the other people have fathers, so... At different times in her young life, she created for herself a different version of what her dad might be. I think in the book, at some point, he was um, he was in the uh, armed services and was killed at war. Another time, he um, was um, you know a rich Frenchman who had a chalet and only lived in Europe. And Learning works best when it's fun. Are you looking for the perfect? Learning works best when it's fun. At W three. Learning works best when it's fun. At W three kids. Are you looking for the perfect gift for a family member or loved one? Something meaningful that they will cherish for many years to come? I know just the thing. King Signia. Coat of arms for the 21st century. Your King Signia is custom designed, making it the perfect gift for weddings, anniversaries, and graduations. Gift certificates are also available for easy gifting. Visit kinsignia.com. To get started. Okay. <laughs> Another ad, so hey. Um okay, sorry, Darcelle. Go ahead. No, you it's fine. And and so yes. I think as she was working through that in her mind, she was creating these various father figures um that other people might respect. And she as the book ends, that question never really got answered for her. Um, I'm working on the sequel. I don't know if it'll be answered in the sequel or not, but um, she's still struggling with that. Wow. Now let me ask you something. Do you think, especially for young girls, how important do you feel, and we can go back with your character, your real life, just what what do you feel about girls and fathers? Do you think it's very important um, for young girls um, as they're dealing with so many things to have a, a connection with their fathers? You know, fathers really are the um, the strength and the backbone of any family, uh, whether that be um, the birth father, the stepfather, um, the uncle who steps into that role, the big brother. Fathers are critically important uh, to boys because they model um, what a man really should be, uh, but to girls because the father gives girls their first glimpse at unconditional love and also how a gentleman treats a lady. Um, and that is critically important to a girl's feeling of safety, of well-being, of being loved for who she is the way she is. So I absolutely applaud fathers. To, um, I love fathers. I have I had a couple of father figures of my own, you know, that didn't fit into the biological but certainly fit into the other categories. My stepfather uh, was a good man. He um, had his flaws. 
I, I you know, uh, no saints around here. But he he was a good man, and he he gave me love. Uh, my uh, godfather was very special, and uh, we had a very special relationship. And then I have an uncle who was very nice and very kind to me and, and still is. And those were the father figures that I had growing up. And so I think that it is important, um, very important to a girl's life to have a strong male presence. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, as we talk through the book, you know, um, you mentioned it a couple of times about trauma, that, you know, the wisdom that you've gained from trauma. Like, can you share what trauma you had um, and how? You, what wisdom did you learn from that? Well, I, you know, a lot of things happen um, as we grow up, you know, in terms of, of, of injuries, in terms of emotional uh, pain that's put on you in terms of uh, various abuses. Um, and while I'm not prepared necessarily to talk specifically because there were a number of things that I could that I could pick from, I just don't think I could I could be non-emotional about any of them at this point. Um, one of the things that that I found though is that sometimes the people that you want to be kind to you are the least kind. And you you keep putting yourself out there um, because you want them to be kind to you, and 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 each time you put yourself out there, they are more and more unkind, and that's traumatic, and that happens in a lot of uh, situations. Whether you're talking about domestic violence, whether you're talking about um, you know, dating the wrong person, whether you're talking about mean girls and trying to fit into certain cliques. You know, the more people know that you want their love, um, then there's a point, there are some personalities that use that to hurt you further because they get their jollies from it. Um, and so that happened in my life in different, in various situations with various different people. And, um, Finally, I had to I had to start to depend on me. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the uh, song. I think it was George Benson who put it out, and then Whitney Houston covered it, The Greatest Love of All. And it, and it really talks about finding uh, the ability to love yourself. And that is, that's missing for a lot of us, is the ability to accept ourselves and really love ourselves. Uh, flaws and, and natural hair and mixed race and, and all the ugly warts that we think we have, that we think, it, you know, everybody sees, they don't see it. <laughs> but loving ourselves is, is a great challenge, and that's what I want I want to talk about when I, what I want the book to speak to people and let them know that, you know, self-love is, is the greatest love of all. Wow, that's that's really true. Um, but let's talk about like the reality of of a lot of like young girls and young boys who unfortunately they might not have a father or a mom in the home. Their moms might be trying to find themselves. Like, what can you share with them to encourage them to know that you know they're no less worthy? You know, I what I think helped me a lot was um, there's a certain, you know, being a little bit scared is a good thing. When your antenna goes up and says, uh, I don't know if I ought to do that, trust that and go home, you know. 
um, my mother was very strict. She did not want me to be uh, in the situation that she was in when she was young. Um, she she was very strict, and part of that was because she wanted me to come home and take help her take care of the children. But part of that was um, that was the only way that she knew how to watch me, how to how to kind of care for me. Um, you need to come home, and so she gave me that experience. Gave me this sort of innate, yeah, I might not need to do that. And so, so what I would tell people is, if your radar goes off, if your antenna goes up. If if you feel a little bit uncomfortable in a situation, dial that back. Dial that back and go on home. Um, it'll be okay. The other thing is high school is not the end-all, be-all. There's life after that. There's life after 18. There are guys that are going to exist after 18, you know. So just, you know, Keep the main thing the main thing. And that sounds preachy. The book isn't at all preachy. You know, it just kind of walks uh, people through it. And so that's why, you know, the book really, the character Kathy goes through so many things. I mean, she runs away from home. She finds herself at a trek, at a truck stop. It's very uncomfortable. There's a lot of tension there, how she overcomes that, how she comes to grips with the things that her mother is dealing with, why her mother uh, – has this guy living in the house that makes her uncomfortable, you know, and why her mom can't seem to uh, break free of those kinds of boyfriends, all of these things. Um, And then Kathy's own mistakes and and poor choices um, that almost derail her completely, but she rebounds. And, and, And in the rebounding is when she understands that she has to forgive herself for the mistake that she made and move forward and then she's afforded an opportunity to move forward. So those things, you know, in life, you have an opportunity, you make a mistake, but that doesn't have to define you. It's true. It's true. And you said something that's very powerful, like it really doesn't have to define you. It really doesn't have No, like you helped your mom with the kids, you know, at a young age. You know, she's trying to make ends meet. Do you ever fault her for, like, robbing you of your childhood, or do you see it as your childhood was robbed? Everything is my mom's fault. Didn't you know that? (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know, in moments, you know, as you get older, what you realize is that everybody is trying to do their best. Um, And I didn't know that then. And so back then, everything really was my mom's fault. Um, but as I've gotten older, I start to understand that um, the things that she, like I couldn't go out, I couldn't I couldn't date, I couldn't go to the movies, I couldn't hang out with my friends because I had things that she required me to do. So, yes, it altered my childhood, my teen years, but what it did was it gave me a tremendous work ethic, a tremendous amount of um, resilience and um, wisdom, and I learned so much more than if I had not had those uh, requirements on me. So I don't regret any of them. I think I'm a better person for them. Wow, and I like that you said, because my sister always said, my sister Kali, she's always like, if you think about it, everybody's really trying to do their best. But at the time, you're like, oh, I wish my mom, I wish my dad would do X, Y, and Z. 
but, you know, she's mature and she will tell me, you know, everybody's trying to do their best. So to hear you say that, it shows a level of maturity um, that you have as well. So so that is awesome. Now back to the book, No Less Worthy. How did you self-publish? How did you get the book published? Because it's out, it's available. You know, how did you get it published? Yes, I mean, you can buy No Less Worthy at Amazon.com. It's a lo- it's available for download on Kindle. And, of course, my publisher uh, has it. I'm published through uh, Urban Edge Publishing. It's a small publishing house out of Georgia, um, a great um, kind of family atmosphere there. But um, it was a challenge to get published. I'm not self-published, but it was a real challenge, and, and a couple of things impacted. And the first one is when you write a book, and uh, when a when a black author writes a book, and the book has black characters, then it's automatically an urban fiction book. So it's automatically uh, categorized, and so you have to find publishers who want to publish black literature or black um, or urban literature, that kind of thing. And that's a challenge, and that's a box that I'm not sure no less worthy ought to ought to be forced into. Certainly I'm a black author. Certainly my characters are African-American. But the themes and the situations are universal. And all of my characters are not African-American. All of my major characters are not African-American. Um, and so having that forced upon me was, was um, I, I didn't expect it. Uh, but the ma- but the uh, major houses, you know, they didn't want to, or they say that, you know, they had all of the black lit they wanted to, to publish. So that was a challenge. Well, so this Urban Edge, like how did you find them? You just, was it referred to you? Um, how did you find them? That's interesting. You know, I, networking is such an overused term, I would say, you know, through networking. But what really happens is when you put yourself out there, and you say, look, this is, this is where I'm trying to go. And you talk to people honestly and authentically about it, not sugarcoating it, you know, uh, not trying to look hip and look successful, but, like, honestly, I, am, I have a book. I've written it. I think it's really good. I'm trying to find a publisher. And you tell enough people that they just they don't refer you to, to publishers necessarily, but they're like, oh, I know a girl who did that. And if you're really serious, then you talk to that girl, and then you talk to the cousin of the girl or the you know that they know, and that's how I found Urban Edge. And in fact, they uh, somebody just put on Facebook and 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 shared it with me that this little that this small house was looking for manuscripts. Now that's not the end of it because success is when preparation meets opportunity. And fortunately, I had been working on my manuscript. I had already had it edited professionally. I'd had it read by several people. So it was ready, in my opinion, as ready as it could be. And so when I submitted it, they gobbled it up quickly. They were like, this is ready for press. And I was so excited. Wow, that's amazing. So once you submitted it, you know, um, they said it's ready for press. Then what happens after that? What happens after that? Well, that made it sound so easy. Before that, there are 75 to 100 rejections. We don't want your book. (laughs) And they all say the same thing. (laughs) It's a form letter, and they don't give you any feedback. They don't tell you why. And so you're dejected, and you feel like it's never going to happen. And then you submit it to, to somebody, and they say, yes, this is great. It's ready for press. 
And then they send you a contract that you don't really understand and you're trying to figure out what these percentages mean, but you don't really care, honestly, because you just want your book in print. Um, And so they took care of the, the printing and the final edits and the cover design and the copyright and all the stuff that I didn't know anything about. And I um, got it um, printed for me. Wow. Now, do you have to pay them the urban? Because I'm thinking there's a woman or a mom who maybe has a book, has a manuscript. Do you have to pay them or no, they pay you when you sell? That's correct. If you pay somebody, either you're self-publishing or you're getting uh, a bad deal. So you're not, you don't. If if somebody wants to publish you, you don't have to pay for any of that. But what might be required of you and what was required of me is that you have to actually sell. You have to buy from them and sell yourself a certain number of your books. And so um, they're selling it, Amazon is selling it, but you have to sell a certain number. And that was um, a little bit scary to sign and promise. But then if I don't believe in my book, then right. who else will? So fortunately, right. I have I have sold uh, myself about 250 books, and the book has been out since uh, October. So it's just, it's a new release. And so yeah, I'm hoping that, awesome. that your listeners and all you guys out there will love Kathy and love her story and want to buy your copy of No Less Worthy. Yes, 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 and we'll put it once if once we have the pick of the book, you know, we can even put it on our Facebook and tweet it out. Because um, I'll tell you, um, how do you market? A lot of people. I just had a thought of how you should market it, but I want to hear from you. How do you market your book? Well, I want to hear your ideas. You I'm always looking. I'm always looking for marketing <laughs> ideas. You know. <laughs> I find that because writing is something that uh, I love to do and enjoy, um, and not to say I didn't have writer's block and it didn't take me a very long time, and we can talk about that, but I find that the actual marketing of the book is the most challenging. And the reason it is is because the the major uh, bookstores don't put it on the shelf. And so how do you get from your neighborhood, from from the city that you live in? I live in Memphis. How do you get it out of Memphis and and into, you know, the bigger markets, into Dallas and L.A. and New York? And I'm still working on that strategy. But it's a lot of online. It's a lot of tweeting and, um, you know, it's website presence. And what I'm trying to do a lot more of is speaking engagements. So I really would love to get involved with the, um, you know, Dare to Aspire conference, not this year but next year because I know this year you already have a fabulous lineup coming. But I think that's an awesome name, Dare to Aspire, and then, you know, what you're working toward, which is getting to strong. I mean, that doesn't just translate to business. It translates personally. We all want to be strong, smart, bold. We want to be successful. So I, I toast you, Tossie. You're doing a great job. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, yeah, no, your book, um, No Less Worthy, I love it. I love that we're sharing the process now because we talked about the book and Kathy. We're going to put your link up. Um, my thoughts was just, you know, we can talk offline, but it was more social media, really getting that character out, letting people see her, and really just, you know, getting on Instagram and, you know, letting Kathy tell her story because there's so many moms of teenage girls or girls that are like, yeah, you know, I can relate to this and, you know, just having a real movement, you know. Um, but I think you're doing a great job. Now, and so, okay, so you get the manuscript, you, you know, you sign on the dotted line, you have to market it. And, you know, how long was the process from the time you started to write your book to the time the manuscript was done? How long was would you say the process was? Years. It was years. Oh, wow. And the reason it was years is I didn't sit down and write No Less Worthy in a year. You know, I started on it at uh, one year. I uh, stopped writing. I wrote a whole different book in the middle of that. I went to grad school, then I picked it back up, I wrote here and there. So, you know, I think the writing took, you know, compressed it down and and forgetting the times that I stopped writing. I think the actual writing of the book took me about two years to get through. So once I wrote the book, then I started um, to send out my query letters and you can't query direct to most publishers. You have to query to agents. And agents only want to take books that they think they can sell, and they can only sell books that um, to publishers that they have relationships with. And so having an African-American writer and an African-American main character limits uh, the agents that will take your book. So I had no luck. Like I said, I got 75 to 100 rejections. I felt very dejected. My husband kept telling me, hang in there, it's going to be okay. My daughter was, like, very supportive. You know, and then you have to let that go. You just have to say, and breathe deeply and move on. And then I, I, I got with a writer's group here in Memphis, and that's how I got Facebook, and that's how I found Urban Edge. And as I said, the book was polished. It was ready to go, and Urban Edge loved it, and they they put it out. They told me in, I think it was May or June, that they were going to publish it, and it was out October. Wow, awesome, awesome. So they're looking for, oh, they were looking for manuscripts. um, And I I bet they still are. Yeah, no, that's wonderful, wonderful. So now this you're published. Um, you talked about a sequel. We have like eight minutes left, so I want to make sure our listeners know. So you talked about a sequel. Um, is, what's going to happen to Kathy? Is she going to college, or have you thought about it yet? Like, what's going to happen? Well, you know, I'm in the second chapter, and I know that sometimes in life, People don't, everybody doesn't make it through their struggle. And so I think in, you know, in the first book we give a lot of hope. I think in the second book part of giving hope is to allow the readers to feel the failure, the result of not having hope, of giving up, of not trying. So there's going to be some of that in um, in the sequel. But the, but the whole point of it is, is to keep us going and to help us to understand that we should not give up. Everything that happens to us um, definitely impacts us. 
It does. It 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 tugs at us. It shapes us. It molds us. It hurts, and sometimes it hurts really bad. But how you deal with that pain, how you um, how you stop it from making you um, give up, from beating you down, from making you dislike yourself and give up on yourself is the message that I'm trying to impart. Don't give up. Don't let it don't let it be the end of, of your story. This happened and you can rebound from it. Whatever this is. That's excellent. I think that's excellent advice for anybody, no matter the age. Um, Dorchelle, that's really, really excellent. We have this game that we play, but before we do it, I want to um, please tell our listeners how they can get your book, how they can contact you, you know, um, you know, sure. buy your book, the name of your book and everything. Sure. The name of the book is No Less Worthy, and I'm Dorchelle Spence. The book No Less Worthy is available at Amazon.com, and it's available for Kindle download. It's also available at UrbanEdgePublishing.com. But what I really want to let everybody know is that while this book says it's young adult, it's for all ages. It is for all of us. And the best thing to do if you have a young adult, if you have a teenager, is to get two copies one for your daughter, your son, and one for you, and then read it. And it really is a portal so that you guys can have conversations about what they're going through is going to be so similar to what you went through. Um, the technology is different, but the the themes are the same. We're all people, and people, it's all about relationships, fitting in, finding your place, finding your voice, and finding your worth. Wow, wow. Well, we have time always flies on the show. We have a couple of questions. People are wanting to ask questions. We have five minutes left, and my producer is counting. He has, he has a clock, and he counts down, you know. But let me see if I can take a question, a quick question. Um, call a 404. You're live with Tati and Gauchel. Yeah, very great story and great, great engaging experience you share with us, Michelle. Thank you. Uh, just want to ask, just want to ask, is this book an uh, is it an audio book also, or is it just a do you have an audio book? Not at this time. The idea was to make it engaging for um, the the kids and the young people, and to really get them to read a book. And so, not at this time, but that's a great idea. That's a great idea, actually. That is a great idea. Wow. Wow, love it, love it. Um, so, Rochelle, we have a few minutes left. Um, so what I do, if you've listened to the show, um, what we do is we say things and you say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Okay. Um, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Trayvon Martin. I am Trayvon. Mother. Daughter. Teenage pregnancy. It's all right. Child care. Me. (laughs) (laughs) Black women. Strong. 
abuse? Bad. Awesome. Awesome. Yay. We need a drum Yay. roll or something. We need a <laughs> No, you were great, Dorshiel. Um I love oh, the one thing that we had a question in the chat room about an editor, so I have to thank you, three one six. Um, could you talk quickly just about you say you use a professional editor? Could you just yes. quickly talk about that and do you think it's important when you're writing a book? I think it's important to get somebody outside of your love circle to read the book and give you real feedback, somebody that doesn't care that you don't talk to them anymore. Um, And I won't elaborate, but when my husband gives me feedback, I'm defensive. It's like, really? But but I wrote it for this, and don't you get that? But a professional editor doesn't really care. He or she will say to you, these things make sense, this doesn't make sense, it doesn't fit, you need to rework this. Um, And you need to hear that so that you can make your work the best it can be. Wow. So that's good. so you you actually sought out a professional editor, you paid them, they gave you the feedback. What was the turnaround time? I did uh I paid them. The turnaround time uh varies depending on the length and how much work they have. I used a freelancer. She turned it around in six weeks and I think she charged me three hundred dollars. They charge oh, uh either nice. by the word or by the page. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Wow. Please, no, it was worth like, every penny. <laughs> great, great. Any other tips that you have for anybody trying to write a book? I love that you're published. You didn't self-publish, which there's nothing wrong with self-publishing, but um, you actually went through, um, I know everybody would be Googling Urban Edge, so um, That's right. you know, That's great right. publicity. <laughs> but any other yeah, tips? Have- we have one more minute. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have two pieces of advice. The first one is believe in yourself and the gift that God gave you. The second thing is um, be willing to adjust uh, and improve and rewrite and edit and don't just say this this is it and here it is, world. Make sure it's it's the very best it can be. Wow, great, great. Thank you, Dorshell. Have a great it was weekend. Such a pleasure. Oh, yes, 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 yes. No less worthy. going to put it on our Facebook. And thank you for coming on MGM Radio. Take care. All right. All right. Thank you. And everybody, that's a wrap. Have a great weekend. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.